0: Worry, Philippians chapter four. In the first uh, three verses, he's talking about two ladies in the church that are having a spat, and <coughs> how that he needs that uh, <coughs> uh, that they need to get along, and that Clement needs to help them and the fellow workers to get the church back where it needs to be. In the verse four, he has some things through verse 7, we're going to look at this morning. He says in verse 4, notice, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, it is so good to be in your house. We are thankful that you've allowed us to be here. Father, I just ask that as the Lord of life, you'll break the bread of life with us. And that, Father, as we focus on you and your word this morning, uh, that you'll just speak to us in a very clear and understandable way. And that, Father, not only will we hear you, We will obey you. For those within the sound of my voice, Lord, that that need to come to Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior this morning, please allow that. Father, for those that need to come and join the church and put their life and work here in baptism or letter or statement, allow that. For those that need to come in rededication or recommitment, Father, you have your way with us. And Father, as you do these things for us, we'll leave this place glad to have been in your house today. In Christ's name I pray it. Amen. Now worry seems to be a common problem of our day. There was an unknown poet that I looked up. I looked up on worry and here's what he said. He worried about the weather. He worried about his health. He worried about his business. He worried about his wealth. She worried about the children. She worried about her clothes. She worried about the neighbors. And she worried about her woes. They worried about their taxes. They worried about their pets. They worried about their future. They worried about their debts. They worried, still they worried. They worried, but alas, they worried about a lot of things that did not come to pass. Daniel Grant was a president of Washita Baptist University when I attended. And he came up, I don't know if he came up with his own or found it, but he shared this, one of our chapel services. It's 12 ways to worry scientifically. So if you ever wanted to worry scientifically, here's how to do it. Notice what he had to say. Never worry over rumors or what they say. Number two, identify your worry problems by writing it down. Worry about only one thing at a time. Set a definite time to worry. Never worry In bed, in the dining room, in the living room, or at church. When worry time comes, don't do it unless you can lean back in an easy chair in an air-conditioned room. Set a time limit on your worry time. And if you go beyond the time, give yourself time and a half for the next session. Always smile, sing, and whistle while you worry. Never worry while you're frowning. It makes lines. Never worry when you're tired, sick, angry, hungry, or depressed. Never worry while working, playing, visiting, shopping, or gossiping. There are two times when you must refuse to worry. When you can help the situation, when you can't help it. And the last one was the best. Never worry alone. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Now, some of those are funny. Some of them will work. But I think... That the Apostle Paul, he's writing to these Philippian believers, has something to say about worry. And basically, he says the same thing to us. Trust God with everything. Trust God with everything. So, how do we do that? Notice, first of all, the problem. In verses 4 through 6a again, it says the problem. He says... In this, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. He starts off and, and says a lot of things about it, but he gives a command. Be anxious for nothing. And that, that's a good translation, but it's not the best translation because in the Greek, it's worded in a strong way, and here's what it means. Quit habitually worrying. In the words, don't have the habit of worry. Some people just have a habit of worry. Some people can't help it. They come from a long line of worriers. And I'm not pointing to Miss Joyce. Okay? Elizabeth and her mama and her grandma could make up things to worry about. But that's okay. They took it to the Lord in prayer. But you need to understand, here's what had happened. These Philippian Christians were overwhelmed by the problems in the church and of the day and being persecuted. They were overwhelmed with worry. It was a present problem. It was present when they woke up. It was present when when they went to bed. It was a present problem. If that sounds familiar to you, you're guilty of worrying. Okay? The second thing, it was a paralyzing problem in verse 4. And verse 4 says that's the key, I think, to these verses. He said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He mentions rejoice twice. And here's the reason why. They were so worried about the situation in the church and the other things happening in their lives that their joy had left them. They couldn't find their Christian joy. You see, worry paralyzes. Worry causes us not to seek out whom we're supposed to seek out. Worry tends to shade everything in the wrong color in our lives. He said, not only rejoice. He goes further and said, Let your gentleness be made known to all men the Lord is at hand. Why was he telling them to be gentle? Because worry had been replaced, or had led, instead of to joy, it had led to grumpiness, gruesomeness, gruffness, however you want to say it. They didn't have their joy, so how were they responded to one another? Not in nice ways. And he said, the Lord's at hand. Let your jealously know to everything. Rejoice. I'm telling you to quit worrying. Don't have the habit of worry. Rejoice. As your mama and my mama used to tell us, There's always somebody in worse shape than you are. Smile. And if you don't believe that, you need to go to the nursing home or the hospital today and walk around a little while, wear a mask, and see who's in worse shape than you are. You see, we need to understand that worry sort of takes over and you can be paralyzed with worry. You can be stressed out with worry. It can be present right in front of your face all the time if you allow yourself to be overcome with worry. He said be anxious for nothing. We need to understand that. So then he gives us that solution. He says that in verse 6. He says be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Let your request be made known to God. So he instructs him how to handle worry. He says pray. Well, that sounds real simple doesn't it? Pray you see, we need to understand when you're worried about nothing, you have to pray about everything. Did you hear that? If you're going to worry about nothing, you have to pray about everything. The word prayer there is a worship word. You realize your prayers are an act of worship. As you surrender to God, as you draw close to Him, as you realize who He is, He is the Father who knows all, who's all-powerful, who's all-present, who promises to never leave you nor forsake you. He's the one that said all things, work together for good to them who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. We either believe Him and His Word and we turn over to Him in prayer or we don't have the faith we're supposed to have. See, we need to understand that. But He tells us how to pray. What does proper prayer include? He tells us, first of all, to pray about personal needs. You see, let me get to it. He says specifically, with prayer and supplication, okay? Uh, He said, let your prayers be gone. And the word prayer there is petition. It means to ask for something. And specifically in the Greek, it means to ask a favor. See, does God want you to pray about personal needs? Yes. You don't have to ask a favor of your father. He just wants to hear from you and he wants to answer. And the things we worry about were to turn over to Him and lift up to Him and let Him favor us with His presence and His grace. And then He does another word, a request. See? And the word request there is the objects for which we ask or the things we want worked out. But request means to pick it up and lay it at somebody's feet. So pick up your worries Take them to the feet of the Lord and lay them there. Now for those that are from a long line of warriors, not just Elizabeth, when you lay it down, you leave it down. You have not acted in faith when you pick it up and take it back home with you. God is able to take care of it. So he says, play for personal needs. He says to lay it before God and he says to be thankful Because he says, to do all that with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Be thankful. It's hard sometimes in the midst of life, in troubled situations, to be thankful. and We have to look for those things. But realize, in the worst of situations, we can still be thankful that God is with us. We can still be thankful that God is for us we should still be thankful that God gives us church families to help us through those things. We need to understand that. I think a good psalm for everybody to read, I think it's Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5, says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever." His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. See, God's promises are not just for the other folks. God's promises are not just for the good folks. God's promises are for all of His folks. All of you are special. You are special because Jesus died on the cross in your place and my place. We are special because He loved us enough that He shed his blood to forgive our sins. We're special because God looked down through history and He said, that one needs Jesus, that one needs Jesus, that one needs Jesus. And He drew us to Himself. We're special enough in all of God's creation that He did that just for us. The solution to worry is how much time do you spend on your need, needs in prayer. There's a poem by Ralph Spalding Cushman, who was a bishop. His grandfather was a pastor. His father was a pastor. He rose to the, to be a bishop. And here, you've probably heard it before, but <clears throat> here's the way it says. It's called God in the Morning, Ralph Spaulding Cushman. I met God in the morning when my day was at its best. And His presence came, presence came like sunshine, like glory in my breast. All day long the presence lingered. All day long He stayed with me. And we sailed in perfect calmness, or a very troubled sea. Other ships were blown and battered. Other ships were sore distressed. But the winds that seemed to drive them. Brought to us peace and rest. Then I thought of other mornings. With keen sense of remorse of mine. When I too had loosed the moorings. With the presence left behind. So I think I know the secret. Learn from many a troubled way. You must seek him in the morning. If you want him. Through the day. Start your day with God. Trusting Him. And it may go horribly wrong. But you'll have the peace that passes understanding. Now how do I know that? Because you see. There was a problem. He gave us the solution. Then He gives us the results in verse 7. If we do this and approach God these ways. Notice the the results in verse 7. And the peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, these results are heavenly results. This is God's peace. Only He can give it. And He will if we'll stay with Him. It is beyond understanding. Okay? It's faith in God. It's his faith gift to us as his children. It's a peace that nobody else at the world looks at us and says, why do you have a smile on your face? You should be giving up. And yet God says, just keep on walking with me. You don't have to give up. But it's not just a heavenly result. It's a powerful result. He said, the peace of God will guard you. And the word guard there is a picture of a Roman garrison. And the garrison surrounds the city and they set the guard. Now if you haven't realized when you set the guard the guards are there to keep everything out that would harm. God's peace is there to keep everything out that would harm. It's His result. Norman Vincent Peale wrote a little book called Stay Alive All Your Life and he wrote about in, in his denomination, they call him a sexton, but it, it's really a, like a plant manager. He made sure everything was okay inside and outside the church grounds. In a Baptist church, that's a building grounds committee. And boy, do they love it. Some of them, well, I better not chase that rabbit. Some of them needed to meet uh, Mr. Sidock because he always had something every Sunday for the building grounds committee. But anyway, this sexton, as he began to go through the church after the service every day, way back there in the corner, right by birthday, boy, wave at us, birthday boy, come on, he said, i ah, don't point me out." He would find this little crumpled up blue piece of paper every Sunday, and he'd unfold him, and he'd see just a little scratching there, and he thought, what in the world and 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 there would be Claire w- written on it, and the next week, ill written on it, and the next week, Lester's job, and then rent money, and then, and he just kept, kept, kept keeping them, and, and finally, he, he pointed out to the pastor, he said, she sits right back there, because I saw her, and she's just a, just an ordinary lady with a kind expression, she comes in by herself, sits there, gets up and leaves patiently, said, but she leaves these little blue notes Every Sunday. And so the pastor said, I can't make heads or tails of this. I'm going to find out who it is. And noticing her, as she came by to shake his hand, he said, could you stay and talk with me just a moment? And she thought, oh, no, what did I do now? It's like being called to the preacher's office. What would you do now? No, it's not a bad thing. And so he said, ma'am, do these belong to you? And there was just a pile of these little blue notes. And she sort of blushed. Well, yes, sir, they do. He said, you're not in trouble, but can you tell me what does this mean? And she stammered a little bit and said, well, you're going to think this is silly, Pastor. But I ride the bus every day. And on the bus, they had this sign. And it said, leave your worries at church. And so I write down my worries on those little blue papers. And I crumble them up and I leave them back there. And I feel a lot better. And I think God wants me to leave my worries at church. (laughs) And he said, keep leaving your worries and so on his way back, after everybody had left, he squirkled by, and sure enough, right back there in the back row, right in the corner, was another blue piece of paper crumpled up. It said, John in Korea. She had left her worry. Now, I want to tell you, church is a good place to leave your worries. okay? But I want you to understand something. God's doors open all the time, and you can leave your worries with him. Because of things I cannot handle that I cannot change, God can move heaven and earth to do something about it. Okay? And so listen again to Paul as he tells us. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Don't let worry rob your joy. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Don't let worry. Rob your disposition. Be anxious. For nothing. But in everything. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Don't let worry. Rob your thanksgiving. And the peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding. Will guard your hearts and minds. Through Christ. Jesus, do not let worry rob your peace. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father God, there are many things we can worry about in life. There are so many sitting without the sound of my voice that are suffering health problems. Real problems right now, Lord. They wonder about the future. They wonder about their spouse. They wonder about their family. Lord, you have them in your hands. And I ask if it be your will, you would heal them. And Lord, that you'd give them grace during this time. Lord, several in our church family are in that shape. And they need, they need your peace. They need your joy. They need your thankfulness. But all of us need that to some extent with all the things going on in our church, in our work lives, in our family lives. Father... Give us the joy of our salvation. Now, Father, if there are those who need to release some of these things to you, just lay them at your altar, then bring them forward to do that. If there are those who have let worry rule their life and they want to come back to you and rededicate their heart and life to just have faith in you, then let them do that. If there are those who don't experience worry, they think they've got life by the tail, but you've assured them that they don't, that they need to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, then let them do that. If there are those within the sound of my voice who need to join the church, then, Lord, let them do that. But, Lord, let us not worry about what you and you alone can handle. We give this time to you. It's holy because you are here. In Christ's name, amen.